Hey, all you listeners, it's Maylee Thomas, and time for another Texas Homegrown Music. And my guest today is someone I've been so looking forward to getting to know. His name is Kevin Galloway, front of the band Uncle Lucius, of which I've been a huge fan for years, have many of their songs on my personal playlist. He's got a solo career as well now, and I think that you guys are going to be so impressed with how he really understands life and the things that we go through by pinning them in songs that speak to your soul. So I don't want to take up too much time. I do want to share a song with you, though, about my life. It's called Strong Like a Lily. I hope it speaks to you. And when we come back, we'll have Kevin Galloway right here on Texas Homegrown News. Strong like a lily, rich as a river, washed in the blood I
Well, here we are, Texas Homegrown Music, with my guest Kevin Galloway of, uh, formerly, of course, for all of you uh, that know Uncle Lucius. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hello, I'm very glad to be here. Well, I am so pumped because um, I just bought my tickets to come see you when you're in Fort Worth at Lola's and Lola's Saloon, and um, I am hoping that you're going to be a, have a packed house because I know that everybody's familiar with your music, um, certainly with Uncle Lucius and your first solo record, but I think I'm going to introduce you to a lot of new fans today, and um, I, at least I hope so. But it doesn't matter because I'm going to bring a slew of them with me when I come to Fort Worth. So either way, you're going to have a full oh, yeah. house. So, Kevin, you're on the well, road with, a, with a, a new record that's coming out. Tell me about it and tell me uh, tell me what made this whole thing come about with you uh, starting out on your solo career. Okay, so uh, ended Uncle Lucius in 2018. Uh, you know, it was 13 years of Ford Econoline vans and pulling trailers and sleeping on floors and in the van. And uh, I found myself in my late thirties with one baby and another one on the way and uh, just needed a step away. You know, it was a bit of burnout, but it was also, I want to, I want to be home more with the family. And so that was the, uh, that was the impetus behind ending it, you know? Uh, but we did a nice big blowout, you know, we did like a seven month, thing of these are our last shows everywhere. Let's go back everywhere we've played. Let's do the thing. And then let's step away. But I also, I wanted to be a family man, but also remain a musician. And uh, remaining a musician to me means let's do as many projects as possible before I die, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so uh, I, I have friends in Austin that are great musicians. And uh, I know people with studios and we got it all together and I had material and I was like, let's keep the thing rolling, put an album out in 2018. Um, and the way I'm, I'm approaching it now is I'll do, I do a lot of shows, but I do a lot of acoustic shows, uh, acoustic listening rooms where I'll tell stories. A lot of times I'll play with a cello player. It's a cool, different vibe. And uh, my favorite thing is the intimate room where people are listening because you can really, as a songwriter, there's, there's things you want to say. And there's, there's people, if they're listening and it's not in a bar setting, uh, it's going to come across better. As I get older, I'm finding that's my favorite thing to do. But I also understand uh, when you do a project, you need to do a full band. So I've, I've put a band together for projects, and then I'll go and I'll promote it with the band for a little bit, and then I'll move on to the next thing and do a lot of acoustic things. So that's where I find myself now. Uh, had enough songs for another project and wanted to get back in the studio and found some pros from Austin and went in with a bunch of friends. And uh, actually the producer is uh, one of the first members of uncle Lucius. He was the first bass player. His name's Hal Vorpal, one of my best friends in the world. And we're always writing, uh, thinking of new projects. And he produced the, my first one and this one and uh, did it at a studio where I've done uh, two other projects prior with a bunch of friends, even uh, John Grossman from Uncle Lucius, the keys players on both of these projects. So it's having fun in a room with a bunch of pros and not having to worry about the, the album cycle or the, you know, is this going to sell? Is this going to be a thing? Just having fun with it and, and then promoting it with a band for a while. And then I'll move on to the next thing. I just kind of want to keep that cycle 
let's do this for a minute and then let's keep on moving on, you know? So that's where we find ourselves. It'll come out uh, June 24th. Well, um, we're going to, we're going to play one of those songs here in the, in a little bit, but before, before we talk too much about that, I do want to, I do want to expand a little bit on the whole, um, scenario of what it's like to tour for 13 years with a band and you know it's so funny because I'm glad that you said you know sleeping on the floor and some of the things that people just don't realize that you go through when you're touring and you know they see you up on stage and they have these visions of grandeur like you know oh I can't imagine what it must be like to do that and they don't understand all the hump work that there is in the the background. I happen to know because I've been doing it for a long time and I certainly haven't seen the success that you have and, and a lot of friends that I, I have. And and I, I kind of did the same thing. I made a decision right when things were starting to an upward trajectory that I, um, I started thinking about what my life was going to look like and I didn't want to miss out on having a family. And, um, and, and then once I did get pregnant and had my son, um, I decided that I didn't want somebody else raising my kid, you know, and I, and I had gotten through life with a whole bunch of friends that have, you know, been extremely successful, but they kind of missed out on the one beautiful thing about having a family and that's being a part of it and, and, and being able to grow with them and, and be, you know, so entrenched in, in their life. So I applaud you, Kevin, for making that decision. I know that uh, I'm certainly, I'm certainly sure that your wife appreciates it and she knows what it's like to be on the road. I think, um, you know, she was the tour manager, if I recall um, for Ray Wiley Hubbard so she knows how hard it is out there to be on the road and how taxing it can be on your family. I'm sure she was thrilled with yeah. the uh, concept of you saying, you know what, honey, I want to be home more and I want to be a part of this family life. Right. I mean, she was, by the way, and she does know the road. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. She she knows the grind. She knows what it is to be out there all the time. And especially when the kids, you know, just born and real young I needed to be home more. If if the Uncle Lucius wheels kept rolling, it it would have meant I would have been gone even more because it, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, the trajectory. That's just where it takes you, and it's understood. But it's also, you know, thirteen years is a good run. Yeah. And, uh, no regrets, and uh, but you know, let's do this now. Let's have let's have the kids, and let's let's keep it closer to home. But as they're getting older, they're six and four now, and so. We get a little more freedom. We're not changing diapers anymore, you know. Right. We're, but your uh, six-year-old in thing. school, I'm assuming. Well, here's the thing: we're we're homeschooling. Homeschooling, yeah. And so, oh boy, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing: we we don't we're not on a schedule of keeping them in school. So sometimes when I go on the road, the family comes with. I can do these acoustic tours with the family. Uh, you know, every once in a while they'll come to a show with the full band if it's close and. Well, maybe we'll spend a weekend together. So we're we're wide open in that sense. But those first few years, we couldn't be, not with them so young. Sleeping in vans. I've slept in, we had over 13 years, we had five Ford Econoline vans. And then, you know, I don't know how many trailers. We we just wore them out. You know, we're always going. But that was the, the deal. You had to always be going for the thing to make sense. You know, uh, and it was just, 
linear time didn't make sense. And I didn't know where I was and what time it was. And like, oh, that all passed by that fast, you know. Uh, let me stop and smell the roses. And my back hurts because, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you are sleeping. I've slept on wooden floors with, uh, you know, my clothes on, no no blanket, no cover, but just to have a place, you know. And uh, that was cool in my 20s and early 30s, but uh, it gets taxing. <laughs> it's, uh, and then, of course, you know, the in-betweens of uh, you got to make it to the next city. So you play till two in the morning and then you get to a couple hours of sleep and then you got to drive eight hours somewhere. Anybody that travels a lot, you know, it can be a chore. It can be physically taxing as well. So all of those things add up. They really do. I'm man. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm thankful for all of it. I'm not complaining about any of it. I just knew uh, where I was and needed to get off for a minute. That's all. Well, you you know, all you really did was take a new track because you're not you didn't get off of anything. You're continuing to to do music, and you just cha- you just changed the road a little bit and took a little bit of a, a a turn and decided to go back home more and be you know part of the home scene and take home with you, which is another thing that's great. I mean, I, I applaud you for the homeschooling thing. I know that, and I know that you know I know what kind of a commitment that that is. Um, so. That's that's awesome, Kevin. That you've that you've decided to do that and have your family be a part of this whole journey with you. Because, you know, I, I tell people all the time, and I'm I'm a lot older than you are, so I'm going to talk to you like a mama for a second and just say this: <laughs> You're going to get to the end of your life, and you're not going to regret having not played in certain places, in certain rooms, in certain crowds, in certain festivals, in certain gigs. But I can promise you, if you don't have, um, if you haven't, you know, had a relationship with your family and your and and the people that mean something to you, you will regret it. I, I know that for a fact because I deal with a lot of people now that do, and and they're, you know, they've gotten a lot of accolades from from their music career, but their family is disbanded and they don't have a relationship with their children, and um, so. You can have both. You just have to make decisions on how you're going to do that. And there are some sacrifices for sure to do that. So um, I I, I applaud you, Kevin. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I'm not surprised at all. Knowing your music and hearing your lyrics and hearing your heart and hearing you're just a really good human. I already know that from, from the way that you write and what you write about. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that your eyes were open to what was really important to you and that you needed to make that decision. So um, thank you for that. Thank you for for letting musicians look like they really do um, understand what it means to, to love and be, have relationship. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, you're right. You know, um, what you just said is the realization that I had. I really do believe all of that sacrifice in the beginning before I had a family of course, led me to have this option now. Right. And of course, doors not ever closed on anything. I'll never say never. Right. That thing could come back Absolutely. in a different form, right? But Absolutely. for me, it really is balance. I want to find balance. I want to be a full-time musician and a family man. And I, I refuse to do it any other way. I know I can do it. So I'm going to do it that way. Just, well, you are doing it. I already made it. that decision. You are doing it, Kevin. So, 
I want to play your first single that you're uh, that you're going to release on the record, and uh, and it's um, by the way, people, he's got a solo record that came out in 2018 called The Change, and if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to it. It's got some incredible songs on it. His music is the kind of music that you could put it on and play it all the way through, and it takes you places, and it takes you through a journey of life and love and and sorrow and happiness, all of it packed into to one record. And I, I so appreciate your music, Kevin. I really do. As you can tell, I'm a big fan. So I want to play like before. And, you know, I'm, I'm really careful about having people get too extensive on what it means, because I think songs are so subjective. They speak to everybody in certain ways, depending on where they're at in life and what they're going through. But this particular song has a very special message for for people that have been married for a long time or been in a relationship for a long time and they're searching for that, you know, that spark that they had. And I promise you, they, it's there. Sometimes we just, we let life's little things get in the way. And I kind of feel like that might be what you're saying in this song, but if you have something else to add, go ahead, please. So I agree with you about a songs being subjective. Once you put a song out, I don't think it's yours anymore because uh, however many interpretations there are of it, there, they're all right in some way. Yep. It has to be that way. But this is inspired, of course, by marriage and true life. Uh, um, you know, over the pandemic, when I couldn't tour, uh, <clears throat> I was home. And this is, these are, of course, silver linings. Uh, but I was at home with my children at a young age uh, for two years, right? And, and with my wife. But we're together 24-7. So uh, any relationship... Uh, you know, 24-7, there's going to be ups and downs. And this is from a realm of the down. And I, and I say this at, when I play this at the live shows that my wife has never said these words to me, but I've seen this look in her eyes when we have an argument and I can see her saying, wanting to say it. You know how sometimes <laughs> you get in a, a fight and you, you, you say something that can be hurtful or whatever, but uh, <clears throat> it comes from that place. And, and I'll leave it at that because uh, I think all relationships – have you know all of these ups and downs and this is uh kind of down there in the trenches of a relationship <laughs> i think you'll really love this song so if you're you're just tuning in i'm talking with kevin galloway um the former Lu uncle lucius dude <laughs> you'll recognize his voice uh -huh. he's got this tremendous solo career a second record coming out and this is a single off of it called like before and we come back we'll talk some more about where he's going and what he's doing with his music right here on texas homegrown music with yours truly maylee thomas hey you don't move me like you used to she said hey baby, you don't do it like before well you saw how the late night lovers move you should steal away Forget ourselves today is laying lost in each other. I used to make you swoon. Beneath that lover's moon. We hardly hold each other anymore. And your contempt in my tries creates confusion in my mind. Are you angry at me? Read yourself for wasted time. Hey, you don't 
Move me like you used to, she said Baby, you don't do it like before Baby, you don't Move me like you used to, she said Kevin Galloway and um, Kevin, we just touched a little bit on the whole COVID thing. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that it had to be, I don't even know how it felt for you to have, you know, left Uncle Lucius, started a solo career, and then the whole world shut down right when you released a record, right when you release a record, you know, and you expect to go tour it for a couple of two or three years. And for the first time in our lives, in our lives, for sure, we're faced with the idea behind not being able to go play music anywhere except for online or, you know, what. and, and a lot of us did. We found ways to do it. How, how was that for you to have released this solo record and then realize, oh, my goodness, I can't even go out and, and tour this thing? Obviously, it was interesting. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm. I made out better than most and I'm, I'm thankful for that, but it, it was, uh, it felt disjointed. It was, there was a, the connection wasn't there. The thing I get to do, you know, I get to go stand in front of people and, and bear my soul and maybe have a connection through music with another human being, which is my joy in life. You know, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this with my life and then to not be able to do that. Of course it was tough. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. I, we had made a huge decision just prior to the whole thing happening. Uh, we'd been living, 
south of Austin in a place called Buda, Texas, in a place for about six years. And I was in Austin about, you know, 15 years prior to that. I've been in that area for a long time. But we made a huge decision back then that we're going to move out of the house, this rental we're in. And I bought a truck and a travel trailer. We moved out of our place and put everything in storage. And my booking agent booked me six months out west of the United States, all of the western United States. And my wife and I and the two kids, who were four and two at the time, we were going to make take our time and do all of these shows. And I had a run opening for Robert O'Keefe and some great venues. And we were going to go visit places, visit friends, and do the thing. We did one show in Roswell, New Mexico, and everything hit. And so there we are. I'm there in a, a uh, RV park in Roswell, New Mexico, looking at my children and my wife and like thinking, I don't want to live here <laughs> and I don't know what to do. So I called Texas and I'm talking to people. And I'm trying to think, what can I do? And I had a friend that lived, uh, well, a mutual friend of my wife and I lived west of Kerrville, way in the country, big ranch. And I called him and asked him, do you have an RV hookup? I, want, I need a couple of weeks, maybe a week until this whole thing passes over and then I'm going to get back on the road. Can I come stay over there? And he's like, come on. And he said, he said, better than that, I got a pool house and a pool, uh, you know, a pool and a pool house and your family can stay there. Just stay with us until this passes over and then you can get back on the road. And then, of course, there was no getting back on the road. We were there in a month and a half. And I, I looked at prices in my old neighborhood and in Austin and everything had gone up like 30 percent. So I'm like, I can't afford that. So I searched all of Texas for a rental, and I found this place north of Bryan, Texas, way out in the country, kind of centrally located between, you know, the Houston, Austin, Dallas area. Gives me room to do things. I'm like, okay, we'll be here for a short time. But, uh, again, the silver linings, I've been out in the country with my kids, uh, acting like nothing wrong is happening in the world, but, you know, of course, longing to get back out there. Uh, but I, I had a safe haven and I was good, but of course it was hard not to do the thing that you love the most, the connection with people. I, I tell you, I did, uh, the, the Wi-Fi out there is horrible because we're so far in the country. I did one, uh, live stream at my friend's place at the pool house because they had good Wi-Fi, And then I tried a couple more at my place. It just wouldn't work. Uh, so I didn't do much of that either. So it was a lot of me, uh, not playing live for people and, and did some writing, obviously, which was good. And maybe we'll discuss it a little bit later. Sure. Yeah, a total disconnection, but also a connection with nature in this new Very place good. that we were in. So there were some positives there. I got some good songs from it. And I don't know if I can ever move into a neighborhood again. I want to raise my kids in the country. I know that for sure now because they get to be wide open and do their thing. Again, the balance. Um, so overall, it was okay. And I fared much better than than most. But again, um, I'm so thankful to be able to be out again in front of people because there's this when there is a connection, it's it's um, it's fulfilling. It's it's like this is this is my lot in life. This is what I am supposed to be doing kind of a thing. So uh, I was missing it for a while, for sure. Are you still living out in the country? I hope we are. We're, we're still in the country and. Um, you know, I got a little piece of land 30 miles outside of Austin now. And um, when when inflation goes down, I'm going to buy some lumber and I'm going to build a small house out there. 
There you go. Uh, pretty close to my parents. So that's the next goal. Yeah. Uh, so little by little. Yeah. Well, um, still in your, the kids, your kids will thrive because of that. Um, I, I, I really believe that. I really do. And I, I'm, I'm grateful that I, that we had that time and you will be too. When your kids are older, they'll, they'll believe me, their, their memories are going to be because of all that time they spent with you guys. Well, tell me about this new uh, record and what, what it is that it means to you, because I, I, I read that you went into the studio with a very relaxed, you know, with a temperament because of the success of your first solo record. Did you write um, all the material before you got in there? Did you write some of it while you were in the process? I moved into, I went into the studio this time thinking I just wanted to get in the studio with these good players and, uh, and I went in to record some covers that I loved. Um, and then I had this one tune that I that I liked. It's like, so let's do some covers and let's put out an EP. And I think I even did my first solo album the same way, just kind of easing in and just having fun. And we did this session where we, I gave the band the songs. And then the Sunday prior to the session, we got together and we went over them in a rehearsal room. And they'd had them for a couple of weeks and they had ideas. We went over them in a rehearsal room and everybody's a pro and we didn't think too much about it. Like, okay, we have this down. So on Monday we went into the studio and we spent a couple of days. Uh, it was like three days in all. And we just played the songs live in the room. And I sang along and played guitar with, and we just went with the vibe, the live vibe, you know, and it was so fun. And there was no, you weren't up against the, the clock of, of, you know, Everything I'd done prior, you, you're you're in the time, you know, in the time frame. You've got to record this whole album in this amount of time and get it all done. And you can't, you know, don't mess up or, you know, let's do this right. You only have this much time. This was just for fun. But it was so fun to approach it this way. I was like, you know what? I've got a couple more songs. Let's come back uh, next month and let's do it again. So the next month we recorded two. And over an eight-month process... We had to take a couple months off because the COVID numbers came up. But as we could over eight months, um, I think we got like 14 songs recorded, two and three at a time. Easy, kind of go over them and don't overthink it and then fill it out and then do a bunch of takes and whatever feels best. Let's do it like they did in the old days. And it was just so fun and relaxing and I'm. Um, I feel like I'm getting better as a studio musician. I'm learning things from all these other pros that are surrounded. I'm surrounded by, you know, and uh, before you know it, it's a full album and like songs didn't even make the cut because we had so much. We wanted to make it make sense. So one of the two covers that we recorded did not make it, but one did. But I also had this material. But like you asked, I had this other song that was hitting me in the in the time between the first session and the last. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I, and I wrote, uh, a song that I didn't know I was going to record that first session that ended up making the album. So it's a bit of all of it, but the relaxing part was having fun with it and not being up against the clock and then yeah, seeing what happens. That, and then, yeah, that's nice. Um, you know, I, I, I really feel strongly about that for me. I like being able to sing with the band. And most of the time, um, some of my favorite cuts are songs that I use the scratch vocal as, you know, opposed to going back in and singing something over and over again until it's, it's feels so contrived. And I, 
don't, I, you know, I can't even stand it, they, even to listen to it today. And there's certain songs that on some of my earlier records that I, I would love to go back and re-record and do it with my guys in the room with the feeling that I have when we share that experience and that love for the music. So I could totally, totally understand where you're coming from with that. So, well, I... I, I'm going to play one of my favorites off of your first solo record, which is called Miles and Miles. And I think it's because it speaks to me. It talks, it, it, it's how I feel about love and how I feel about my relationship um, and with my husband and, and, and relationship with other people. And I know that's why I was put on earth and, and I hope everybody else understands that it's not what you do. It's, it's who you connect with and how we connect with one another that, I feel is the most important thing that we do when we're here on earth. If you, if you're out there wondering, what is your purpose? Your purpose is to connect to other people and to, 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 you know, to love one another and to, for us to, to have this, um, you know, relationship with people even across the globe. And I don't know, I'm, I'm going to get all sappy here in a minute because I know that I, I already know that you feel the same way. I can tell by the way you sing and, and what you sing about. So I hope you're okay with me playing miles and miles. It's it's one of my favorites, and I, and I, I I just appreciate you and your style so much, Kevin. So if you're just listening, we're gonna play miles and miles. Kevin Galloway off his first solo record called "The Change," and when we come back, we're gonna talk about a song that is very special to me um, that that Kevin wrote. Many of you that are Uncle Lucius fans, I know you're familiar with it. But right now, Miles and Miles by Kevin Galloway, right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. Enjoy. It breaks my heart to watch you cry. You want so much more than the simple life care provides. We got babies now. Gotta get it right. You're at home now, Mom. I know I've been gone too long. I've been chasing this road, living and breathing song. It's the only life I know. How about you come along? Hey, now, love, you wanna go ride for miles? Got a wheel on the road, you wanna go try? Go ride for miles 
Got a wheel in a row. You wanna go drive for miles, drive for miles, drive for miles, miles and miles. Hey now, love, do you wanna go ride for miles? Got a wheel in a row. You wanna go drive for miles, ride for miles. I've got some new fans because if you guys have been listening to his music, there's no way you can walk away from it and not feel it and know this guy is definitely doing what he was born to do. So, um, Kevin, I want to, I want to, I want you to talk about some of the songs that you did um, with Uncle Lucia, specifically "Keep the Wolves Away." My my top three, and of course, a lot of other people's top three. Of everybody got soul, ain't it the same? But I want you to talk about "Keep the Wolves Away" and 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 what it was about and I because I think it's going to speak to a lot of people and tell tell them where your heart really is so this was the easiest song to write because it's a true story uh, I was born and raised in Freeport Texas south of Houston right on the coast surrounded by chemical plants my little neighborhood I grew up in I was 200 yards from this big fence with barbed wire on the top, barbed wire on the top and it was Dow chemical and at night lit up from my back window, my bedroom window, looking back there, it looks like Manhattan, you know, lit up the night sky, it was just, you know, cooling towers and big chemical plants. But that was, that was my neighbor. That was my, where I came up and my dad worked in, he didn't work at Dow, but he worked at other chemical plants there growing up, you know, and he started out sweeping floors and then got hired on uh, to maintenance. And then he learned a lot there on the job and then he got hired across the highway at a, a better job at a bigger one and then hired back but he was always in chemical plants and then moving his way up and then he joined this uh disaster response team where he got all this training on how to put out chemical fires and clean up chemical spills and they did all i mean he did months and months of all this training and then new into this job he got a call 45 minutes down the highway to galveston texas where in the port of Galveston, there's a, a ship with tanks stacked up on top of it that some of them were leaking this very lethal chemical. And it's really bad stuff. It was so bad they were thinking about evacuating all of Galveston because they've had stuff prior with this same chemical uh, that has caused real problems. Like uh, Bhopal, India was the big incident in the early 80s with this same stuff, if you want to look that up. Anyway, my dad's there with a team. And they're they're going to every tank and they're checking these uh, <clears throat> these pressure valves, these safety valves, and they have to take this safety cover off to every one. And they're a few hours in, and they're teams of four men, full hazmat suits, doing the thing. And they're at one. And a gentleman who was actually on top of the tank with my father, I got to tell this little segue. Probably about a year after the song came out, we put it out in 2012. A year after the song came out, 
he came to a show in Austin and he pulled me aside before the show and he said, Hey, is that song about Steve Galloway? My dad said, yeah. Wow. He said, I knew that when I heard it because I was on that tank with your dad. Wow. So I pulled him aside and I pulled him aside backstage and he told me the whole story because my dad doesn't remember it because he was uh, knocked unconscious, but yeah, injured. And he told me the whole thing. He told me we were on this tank and there's two guys on each side of this valve. We're taking a safety cover off and the pressure built and it just exploded. I mean, just the, the liquid uh, and it blew towards your father and another guy it blew their hazmat suit off and they're in a bad shape in the, in the railing. And we, we were fine because it didn't come towards us, but it was spraying them with this chemical and it was burning their bodies and in their eyes and in their lungs. And we got them down this, these uh, ladders across the street to the University of Texas medical branch there in Galveston, one of the best burn units in the world. And they began to treat him. And my mom gets a phone call in the middle of the night. And uh, my sister and I, I think we we're 13 and 11. She wakes us up and we take the drive to Galveston. We get there and we're told that he's not going to make it. And we're there to say bye. Of course, long story short, he does make it, but he can't go to work at the chemical plants again. And it was tough for a long time. I mean, he still has residual effects to this day, but he's still alive. But it was tough for a long time. Uh, but I have friends I grew up with in that area, you know, who whose fathers didn't make it you know, other chemical accidents. I mean, that's always the foreboding thing when you're in that job. Right. At any moment, this could just go awry. Uh, so it became a, the story is literally true. You can hear it. And I wrote it when he was in his fifties. My dad was in his fifties and I wrote this tune. And in the last verse, you know, I say he's in his fifties, but when I sing it live, I have to say that and change it because he's 65 now, still alive, <laughs> doing his thing, you know. But um, I told you I could speak to you like your mama because you're we're in the same we're in the same <laughs> area. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's good now, uh, and thankful for his whole life. I, I bring this back. The gentleman that was telling me this story uh, those years ago that was on the tank. He said, "How is your dad?" Because I haven't seen him since that day. Oh wow! And prior to that, like a week prior to that, my dad and I were having a beer. In his garage and he was telling me you know what all that stuff that happened i'm okay with it because i'm thankful for my life right now i know it all had to happen for me to be right here i was able to tell that gentleman that wow. specific sentence and i he had this clinch in his jaw as he's telling me the story and when i told him that i could see it lift you know it's like he had this maybe survivor guilt or whatever and it was just it freed him and since then, they've come together. They came to the last few Uncle Lucia shows at Green Hall and really oh, cool. cool. But bigger than that, it's a blue collar story. Okay. And it's a story that a lot of people in that line of work or lines of work like that, where it's dangerous, but you got to go do the work and you're doing the overtime to take care of your, you and yours. The YouTube video we did when we released this thing has a bunch of views now, but every single day, this was put out in 2012. Even to this day, every single day, somebody new in the world is introduced to this song, and then they'll comment. This is a place to go look on the comments to keep the wolves away on the YouTube. Every single day, there's somebody new, and they say, man, this really hit me. I felt something. 
because it reminds me of my dad or my grandpa, my mom, right. myself, and that right. struggle and that real thing. And that's so amazing and humbling. It's like, uh, it's like a, a gift that keeps on giving in a sense, because, uh, it's the biggest song I've ever written. Obviously it's, uh, and I'm thankful that it's that song. And it's not like, you know, I could have written a goofy song, you know, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to put anybody, but you know, there's goofy songs out there that are hits, but that person has to sing that song the rest of their life and they'd have to phone it in because they don't believe in it. But I believe in it. And I, I mean, this is a real story and it's actually, yeah. it hits people, you know? Yeah. And even beyond that, if you still got the time, there's so much more to this because it keeps unfolding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so put it out in 2012. It's the only record label deal that uncle Lucius signed. Uh, we recorded it in Nashville and signed a bad deal with this huge mega record label that owned a bunch of other labels and signed a bad deal. But at the moment we needed it to get us out to that next level, right? Uh, to not sleep on so many floors, if you will. So it just kind of took off on its own, like a slow burn. The video we made for it uh, tells the story. My parents are actually in the last scene of it, you know, making a cameo and, um, you know, it just slowly built and built and built and built. And I think when uncle Lucius ended, it had, you know, quite a few million views. Right. And so that's awesome. That's good. A couple of years after uncle Lucius has ended, I get these texts and Facebook messages and all this stuff. And everybody's congratulations, congratulations, man. Uh, you're on Yellowstone. And I was like, uh, what do you mean? I've, I've never been to Yellowstone. I've only been on the outskirts, you know, but I've never been there. What do you mean? He said, no, no. <laughs> Yellowstone is a TV show. <laughs> yeah, it's a TV show. I'm like, oh, cool. So I look it up and I find Yellowstone at that time is the number one most watched television show in America at the moment, right? Like, okay. Um, I'm going to call my attorney because I feel like I should have gotten paid for that, right? Because <laughs> I hadn't seen <laughs> yeah. Because they pay for that thing, you know. But oh, what it yeah. did was it opened a can of worms, a favorable favorable can of worms, I'll say, because the deal that we signed was bad. And I, I'm not going to go too much into it, but the record label owns 50% of the publishing. And so Yellowstone approached the label and said, can we use this? And they said, yeah, pay us. And they paid them, and they didn't have to tell us until we inquired with an attorney and so we inquired and then they paid us. And wow. then we got to thinking about the YouTube and the advertising money on that. We hadn't seen any of that either. And so my attorney who I love, I love her so much. She inquired about that as well. And we got paid for that. And we have everything set up correctly now to where we get our quarterly uh, payment for it. Uncle Lucius and me as the songwriter, which we didn't get forever. And I'll tell you how amazing this is. It's a song we put out in 2012. And I got my first real check for this, that back pay, when I was a couple months into the pandemic, when I needed it most, when I couldn't play shows, right? Took my first breath where the muddy grasses spills into the Gulf of Mexico where the skyline's colored by chemical plants that put bread on the table of the working man. Where the working man does his best to provide safety and shelter for kids and a wife. Giving a little of a soul every day 
Making overtime to keep the wolves away When the company man tried to dig my daddy's grave It happened on a French-owned tanker ship Spilling poison in the Galveston Bay Well, the liquid fire filled his lungs And his eyes silenced any more cries Cold in the grave, death stinging pain He fought like hell to keep the wolves away But the money's running out And he's painting for pennies So I'm going for broke With every song I play Cause now it's my turn To keep the wolves away Tell her 
Saints 11, song called Love in Hell, and they're going to be at TMR 26 on our stage, Texas Homegrown Music Stage. If you haven't got your tickets, it's going to be a fabulous weekend. You're going to miss out, so be sure to get your tickets for TMR 26 in my hometown of McKinney, Texas. 75 bands, 20 stages, and a whole weekend of fun. Hope to see you there. Once again, we close the show with a wonderful, wonderful interview with my friend Kevin Galloway. 
And I'm going to close the show with another song by Uncle Lucius because it's just one of my favorite bands. This is on my playlist, personal playlist. It's called Ain't It the Same. And I want to say thanks again to Tupps Brewery, the Guitar Sanctuary, and of course, Burris Injury Law for making this possible every week. Go out and make it a great day. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on Texas Homegrown Music. I got into a fist fight on a $5 bill. Now I got some rain, man. Six months on the hill, ain't it the same? Ain't it the same? They cut my hair last winter. Ain't it the same? Used to have a woman and two more on the side. Now I got all three, trying to close line my hide. Ain't it the same? Ain't it the same? They cut my hair last winter. Ain't it the same? Went to call on my preacher, but there was no one there. So I drank a pot of whiskey and fell down the stairs. Ain't it the same? Ain't it the same? It's